I'm Kate Daniels. Our brain is this most amazing organ, and unfortunately, we don't get a lot of education about it. This morning, though, we have won the brain training lotto. We have Dr. Joseph Cardillo joining us with amazing insights. Dr. Cardillo is an award-winning researcher and energy management expert. He's the author of seven books, and the newest is what we're discussing this morning. It's the 12 Rules of Attention. Dr. Joseph Cardillo, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. I am so appreciative of you, your time, this work that you're doing that has to do with our brain and attention. And of course, in the best of times, this is very critical. But now during challenging times, this seems even more important, more pertinent. And so we want to look at how, with your book, The 12 Rules of Attention, how to avoid screw-ups, free up headspace, do more and be more at work, is going to help us to navigate during this time and then apply it into whatever our new kind of reality is going to be. Yes, indeed. (laughs) So I guess in a way, it was very important because this was specific to workspace. But now during this time when everything is virtually turned upside down and work is not the kind of work we were used to going into some workspace where many of us are fortunate enough to be working from home, but we're having to juggle that. And when we talk about attention, probably our attention is being more taxed than ever. Yeah, that that's absolutely true, and there, there's all all kinds of new new distractors and 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 new tensions that. And, and the thing is, is that there are things that we weren't used to before. So you know, everybody's trying to navigate their way through through these things, and you know, and it's not always easy. That's right. And it certainly, on the one hand, is a great opportunity to be practicing some patience, some understanding, uh, giving each other, ourselves included, that space to navigate and and allow for for stumbling and, and making mistakes even, because this is such new territory. Yeah, and one of the reasons, uh, one of, you know, when I when I wrote the book, I didn't necessarily well, who who would have known, <laughs> you know, all this all this was going to going to come up, you know, in between, you know, when my publisher actually had the book, and 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 then you know here here it's now materialized, you know, uh, in the last couple months we saw it coming, of course, but you know who would have thought that any of this was going to happen, you know, a year ago, even, you know, we didn't know. Uh, And so, you know, attention, uh, you know, what I'm, what I've looked at in the book is the science uh, of attention and, and, and how attention actually works in the brain. uh, What networks are responsible for our focus uh, for those moments of, of clear attention that we have without distraction and what, is it in the in, in the mind that allows us to stay in that really sweet area that that we call flow you know that that we're able to just you know flow through our days activities feel good about it not even realize any kind of distractors um and and just you know walk away rather than feeling um exhausted walk away feeling exhilarated and you know and satisfied with the way things are going 
you know, one of the things I can tell you about um, about our attention network is that it really relies 96 percent of the attention that we pay is done automatically. And so the coordinates in, 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 in our heads that are that are dictating uh, what we're focusing on and even how we're focusing on it and how we're going to think and feel and act through that focus is determined by coordinates in our mind that are automatic. And so they're invisible to us and unconscious. Those coordinates are most often, if not almost all the time, uh, uh, put together by the experiences that we've had in our past. So, you know, whenever we enter a situation, our mind very quickly, actually in milliseconds, you know, runs through, runs through our memories, runs through our feelings, runs through our thoughts, runs through former experiences, and then comes back to where we are in the present moment with a solution for how we should focus, how we should act, how we should feel and think. If we've never lived through a pandemic before, let's say, um, or some of the other issues that are coming up these days, you know, in our living space and et cetera, in our financial space and the children's academic spaces or maybe our academic spaces, if we've never experienced those exact things before, we don't really have any preset coordinates that will help us. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the problem. I mean, it, you know, that, that, that's maybe the science behind it, that, that our, what's happening is, is our minds are using coordinates from similar situations, but they're not exact, and therein becomes the stress. Thank you. And I was kind of then paying attention, really staying focused on this to try and figure out what, where we're going with this. And I think if I understand, it's because this is a new experience to feel discombobulated, to feel even frustrated uh, is natural and we shouldn't beat ourselves up for it. That's right. That's right. And, I, you know, the science behind it can be fun for certain individuals, but I, I can really simplify that. And I do, I do in my book very much so, um, because I want, I want to, you know, get, get people to, to the activities that'll improve, <laughs> you know, that'll get them in there and, and create new coordinates and, and, and that will work in a millisecond for them and, and keep them in a state of flow all day long. But I can simplify that just like this. You know, how many people, how many people have, uh, you know, have, have lost their car keys in their house and you go and look for them and you realize, oh my goodness, I put them in a different place this time. That's what's happening. The coordinates of where you left them usually are the ones that are triggering. You're going to that place, you're not finding them and what happens? We get stressed and then we find them in a new place. And then that new place sometimes uh, it becomes a new coordinate. So the next time you lose them, you look in your usual place, but you also look in that place you found them last time. And that, that's how that works. It's really very simple. That does sound very simple to understand it that way. And, you know, earlier on, or as I was seeing the title of your book and I was thinking about attention, the, the picture that jumped to mind for me right off the bat was thinking way back to elementary school and the nun at the front of the classroom banging a ruler on the desk saying, attention, pay attention here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that quite really gets the message across, does it? 
Yeah, right. <laughs> I, you know, I was glad to hear you say that. I was wondering. I was wondering. You know, I had similar experiences. I think many of us had similar experiences, and it's so true. You can't tell somebody to pay attention. I mean, you can say you can. You can say it. You know, a thousand times. But unless they get in there and change those coordinates, let's call them patterns, previous patterns, you don't have a chance, really. I hate to say (laughs) you've got to get in there and change those patterns, and then you'll change the way you pay attention. But you can't just say, I'm going to pay more attention. No. And in fact, if anything, that builds up more stress, and we're we're like that deer in headlights. So to have the science, and then in, in the book, The 12 Rules of Attention, with all the exercises at the end of each chapter, and within the chapters, you know, the questions we can pose to ourselves really gives us good guiding principles. Yeah, I, what I tried to do uh, with the with the book um, is, and this was after you know really decade decades worth of of research. What I what I tried to do with the book is to take twelve things that people can do, twelve aspects of our attention system, of that system in the brain that allows us to focus with clarity and keep us in that really sweet spot, that flowing mindset that we all love. Um, and and I, I try to take these 12 uh, things that people can do, and if you improve any one of them, if, if you even practice one of them, your attention will get better. And, if, and, and the more you practice, the more it will improve. And then, you know, if you practice them all, the hope is is that your attention improves even more so. But, you know, there are 12 aspects of the attention system that I felt uh, after decades of research that would help improve the way we're able to focus immediately. Uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff you could practice in your home. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's not anything that, you know, you need coaching for, really. And so there are the... The, the 12 rules, and we go through it chapter by chapter. Is that kind of the progression that's ideal to follow? Or could a person, you know, really look through the chapters and say, ah, oh, this one jumps out at me. This is where I want to start. And, and that's good for them. That's a great question. Um, really, uh, it's set up so that people could read, read through any way they want. They could, they could, take sections out of order. There's no reason why they can't, because again, these are just 12 things that people can do to, you know, to attempt to improve their attention, and they will. Um, And and again, the reason we want to improve our attention is so that we can have, uh, you know, a less distracted day, a less stressful day, but also we we can make fewer errors. We can have fewer, uh, you know, what I call emotional slip-ups, um, and, you know, we can walk away at the end of the day energized and feeling good and keep our mind in that sweet spot all day long. That's what I really want for people. I want people to be able to, to feel happy and satisfied and, 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 and more error-free throughout the day um, and end the day happy. I mean, really, and wake up happy. <laughs> that's, really, that's really, you know, the, the core of, of my goal. Uh, with the book, but uh, you can, you know, I, I did set up the book also uh, so that, I mean, if it were me, I would give it a quick read all the way through so that you have an idea of, of, of what this thing we call attention is and how it works. 
And it's it's actually kind of fascinating to me, I, you know, and to a lot of people, I believe, you know, to, to see how this actually works in our heads. And then you know how to control it. I, I think that, you know, once you see how it works, you'll, you'll really know. How, and you'll be able to, you'll be able to, like people have said to me, you know, in the in the few discussions I've had already, because the book just came out in the bookstores, uh, but in the few discussions I've had already, people have said to me, oh, you know, that chapter, that's me. <laughs> so, you know, if you look through the whole thing really quickly, you'll you'll find the spots that are that are you, so to speak, and then those are the ones you're going to go after, you know, actually out of order. You're, you're going to go after those spots and say, I'm going to do the activities at the end of that chapter because that's me. You know, I'm the guy that goes to the grocery store, you know, with one thing in mind. I'm going to buy this product when I get there because I really need it. You go to the grocery store, you buy everything, and then you go home and you realize, oh, gee, I didn't buy that product, the one thing I went there for. You know, right. you, you know you'll identify yourself. You say, that's me. And then, you know, you can uh, read up about why. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that... Uh... You know, we find different little ways to to work with that, but to understand, oh, this is really kind of the the way the our brain, which we're always fascinated with, I think, uh, the way that it works to get that science and understanding helps us to really be able to to work more in harmony rather than maybe uh, being fighting ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it puts us in, in, in harmony with other people, too, uh, because we're able to pay attention to, to, the, to the best response in a situation. So we're able to, to, to feel more together, more uh, relaxed, more you know, harmonized with the people around us. Uh, you know, our emotions are in sync. Uh, with with the, and, and our thoughts and feelings are in sync with the people around us as are our actions because we're able to to to, to identify those those um, uh, responses uh, as they're as they're happening in real time. Um, you know, my my other books uh, have dealt. Um, th- this was my seventh book, um, and my other books have dealt uh, with 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 the issues of of uh, mindfulness meditation and attention, uh, you know, previous to this book. Uh, but, you know, so I'd, I'd like to say that, that, you know, after, after years and years, after, after decades of, of writing about mindfulness, of writing about meditation, of hearing people say, well, you know, my meditations work to such and such an extent, but they, you know, I'd love for them to work better or they don't work at all. Or sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Or people who are trying visualization and so on, which is very connected to our attention system, by the way. Um, you know, they, they, attention, attention is connected to every one of these things. Um, and so, you know, right before I wrote this book, I, I came to grips with the idea that, that, that this, this brain network that we call focus and attention is important to every single thing that we do. Um, so if, if you're trying to do a visualization, if you're reflecting on a situation that occurred and trying to figure out what went right, what went wrong, or even if you're meditating, you're still using your focus and your attention in the meditation. It's connected to every mind-body function that we have attention. And so if, if something's going wrong, um, with any part 
you know, I'm going to use the big word, life. <laughs> if something's going wrong with any part of your life, whether it's academic or spiritual or, or meditative or financial or anything, somewhere in there, the reason, one of the, one of the core reasons for that is what you're focusing on, your attention. And remember, 96% of our attention is happening under our radar. It's happening automatically. So we're not aware of it. So this system in our brain is responsible for the majority of things that happen in our day and in our life. If you want to change, if you want to really transform an aspect of your life, you have to change the way you're paying attention. And and you'll see improvement much more vastly than you would if you just went at it, not paying attention to that mechanism that's controlling 96% of what's happening. Uh, You know, I I think that's the best way I can put it. And that's almost, 96% is really uh, almost at 100%. So it underscores the importance of having this insight, the awareness, and then acting on it because of if we really want to have the kind of of joy and, and peace and fulfillment, right. that sweet spot in our life, we need to have this knowledge. That's right. And, and you know, these are, sometimes the conversations sound so, you know, they start to get kind of heavy, but they're not. You know, it, it's just, it, it's one of these things like when some, let's say you have a great day. You know, how many people really trace the footsteps of what happened? Like what caused that day to be greater than yesterday? And, you know, you might say, well, I won the lottery. But, but, then, but then even that, you know, what were the footsteps that led to that? What, what, what details occurred that were different that, that led you to that point? Most of us, when something good happens, we don't really give it much thought. We just take it and run, myself included. You know, when something bad happens, we ask ourselves, hmm, <laughs> I don't want to do that again. There was pain involved. So how do I how do I eliminate that? And we look for the causes. But as soon as you start looking, as soon as you start tracing the footsteps of what it was that led to, let's say, a good decision or led to a decision that didn't turn out very well or led to you know, I, gee, I got stressed today when I was speaking with so-and-so. If you trace the footsteps of what was I focusing on, what was happening inside me, what was happening outside of me that I, was, that I focused on even for a few seconds that shifted me from the, 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 the individual that wants to be happy to the individual that suddenly um, got derailed. And, and you can trace those footsteps, and, 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 and I give you uh, detail-by-detail, step-by-step um, ways that you, can, that you can change those coordinates, that you can change those patterns in your head so that it won't happen again. And that's what we want to do. We want to locate those areas where especially those areas in important situations like you know my my partnership with somebody at work my my partnership with a spouse or a partner you know relationships you know bigger decisions especially those you know when when something goes wrong there we want to find out what what coordinates triggered that caused that get rid of those things and replace them with replace them with a, a behavioral pattern that will keep us happy, 
harmonious and keep us in that state of flow that we're looking for. And, and you can do it. You can do it just as easily as I can teach you how to find, you know, your car keys. (laughs) (laughs) And we can do this on our own, basically reading and understanding. We just apply it to our life. Totally we can. And, and, you know, more, you know, sometimes people want a little explanation. Just look at the sports world. The sports world is constantly, you know, constantly finding ways to, you know, let's say I'm a baseball player and, you know, and, and, and I fall for a bad pitch and I swing at it, you know, then, then I can, in my book, I, I can, I, I teach readers how, how to use visualization and reflection. A, A good player will reflect on what happened and see it in his or her mind over and over again until they spot what, like in, in the situation I gave, what made them go for the bad pitch? You know, what made me do that? And then they'll try to control that little tiny thing. They'll find a little tiny thing that kind of suckered them into going for the bad pitch, and then they'll change that so that next time when they see it coming and they, and they have that feeling that they had last time, they'll, they'll inhibit it and, they'll, and, and, and they'll, they'll incorporate a new activity. And that's what you want to do. It's not that hard. And that is is such a great example because I think many or most of us can really uh, understand that and probably many people can even experience have experienced that themselves or in a similar kind of situation. So that illustrates how we do have the power to really make that change and it may be incremental, but eventually we, we get to have it working more spontaneously, right? Yeah, and what what I what I want what I want your listeners to really understand is it, it, it's half psychology but the other half is, is is biology. This this is a this, this is both a psychological in other words I'm trying to understand mentally what made me go for a, you know, for, for an act for a thought or a feeling or an action that's not that that's tipping me out of my state of flow. You know what made me go for that, but but the other thing is is that I you know I want people to understand that when you identify what's making you go for that, it is literally a biological function. So it, it may have a psychological component, but but there, there's a bio there's a, a biological function that you want to change, and so you've got to weaken that. You've got to weaken that 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 biological aspect until it disappears. And that's why sometimes, you know, a lot of mind-body activities, they don't work immediately. You know, you start to feel uh, a little change immediately. And then the change, then in about three weeks, you start to feel a big change. So, you know, it's incremental. It's not like when we take a pharmaceutical and it's an instant. You, you, can, you can feel the, 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 the change or the shift instantly. You know, a lot of the mind-body techniques take take a while because you're trying to weaken a biological function that's responsible for why you think and feel and act a certain way. And remember, that's 96% of our day. You're trying to change that. It takes about three weeks. Once you change it, it can be, it can be long-lasting, if not permanent. And then, you, you know, you can change it again. You can keep editing it. 
which I recommend. Um, but that's really what you're doing. It, and, 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 and all the mind-body things, mindfulness, meditation, and so on, they work that way. That, that's what's underneath it all. That's what's making it work. You're using your mind to change a biological function, which then changes you. And but again, it's 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 really simple. It's like trying to find your car in the parking lot or find, you know, it's not the science behind it is fun. Um, To some people, it's interesting. Uh, I think to most people, if you know it, then you know what you have to do. Then you know why I can't just meditate once or I can't just do a a visualization once and it's going to work like a pill. It won't. Exactly. So this is so exciting that we can do this and make these changes and maybe we're partway there. Now we have a greater understanding. The piece of it that I I find to uh, really be quite uh, challenging and, and, and would love to see this working is with kids in the classrooms or well, now they're in their virtual classrooms, but maybe this would be a way to help them to start young to have that awareness and it would help them, you know, as they develop and, and move into their futures. Well, yeah. That, and, you know, I agree with you completely. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I, I've, I've, I've tried to, to teach my own children uh, these skills, uh, you know, f- as soon as they, it, it, you know, f- from the beginning, really, from mm-hmm. the very beginning, you know, using very, you know, uh, sort of, you know, methods that would appeal to children, but from the very beginning, uh, and, and you can see the effect, you know, and, 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 and you know, the, one of the things that I like to use to stimulate attention is sound, um, because sound affects some of that mind wear that we, we want to change. Um, and, and, uh, when I, you know, kids love, kids love to use sound devices, you know, drums and kids love to use, uh, you know, love, love to sing and love to play instruments and things like that. And uh, actually, uh, a colleague of mine um, who is, uh, 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 you know, a, a neuropsychologist had done a lot of work with, uh, with, with children and music. And, and, and she found, you know, that all kinds of uh, all kinds of advantages of using sound uh, with, with, with kids. And then, you know, once you, you know, you start young with something like that, um, you know, you, you can start teaching them concepts really later on. Right. Yes, there's just so much potential, and certainly starting young is great, but wherever we are on that number spectrum, it's never too late, and it will make this such a world of difference in how we move forward and have a more fulfilling life, true? Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. My father enjoyed learning some of these skills, you know, even when he was 92. Wow. <laughs> you know? And they helped my father enormously, enormously through his elderly years, and, and I enjoyed so much seeing that as a, you know, when I and, and other members of my family became caretakers, we, we just enjoyed uh, seeing him able to rise above, you know, some of the stresses that come into your life, you know, with older age. So you're right, uh, you know, at any age whatsoever, you know, from the youngest to the oldest, you know, the, the, the ability to, to put your attention and the things that will keep your mind sweet are vital. 
Absolutely. And again, it's so easy. I, it's not hard. <laughs> I just, it's so easy. That that's the that's the thing, you know. And 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 that's my message to everyone is that it's just so easy. Give it a try. You'll love it. <laughs> and, and you know that is such a key point when everything seems or so much seems so challenging these days to find something that has the ease around it and that it will make our life so much easier going forward it, it that's yeah. that's priceless right it is yeah. think of the ath- I, I love to go to athletics all the time because there's such good example think think of the olympians even uh think of the olympians and what some of their stories you know we, we watch them out there skating spectacularly you know skiing spectacularly or swimming and then later on after after they win gold medals and silver medals and so on and later on we find out what they were going through (laughs) to do that you know some of them some of them had a sort of worked their way through injuries worked their way through all kinds of i mean just all kinds of problems uh and and yet yet their ability to focus their attention made them rise above and, and come up with tremendous performances that we would have never believed that, that there was any injury involved, you know, and, and the thing out, the thing again, I, I would love listeners to remember is that your attentional mechanism isn't any different from theirs. You can do it too. Right. So the book, the way that we can do it is the 12 rules of attention. It's available now. Um, you can get it from your favorite bookstores. You can get it. I think it's Kindle, right? Dr. Cadillo. Yeah, it's, it's on everything now. It's um, there's the audio book, the ebooks. Amazon, I know, has uh, everything, uh, the paperback, and so on. And you could always go to my website, and that connects people to different things. And I can give you my website. It's Joseph Cardillo, C-A-R-D-I-L-L-O dot com. Perfect. Well, this has been so exciting and so perfect, uh, just the gift that we need at this time. I so appreciate your work and that you've spent this time with us this morning, Dr. Cadillo. Thank you so greatly. Well, thank you so much for having me.